This is Who Cares About Men's Health, bringing information, inspiration, and a different interpretation about men's health. My name is Scott. I bring the BS. The MD to my BS is urologist Dr. John Smith. You, you, you could say something here if you'd like okay. to. Okay. No, that's fine. Okay. Thanks for having me, Scott. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, blah, 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 blah. He's saving it. He's saving it for the topic, Mitch. And he's a Who Cares About Men's Health advocate. It's Mitch Sears. Hey there. Today, we want to revisit that notion why guys don't go to the doctor more often, like especially when we really should. You know, there's a big discrepancy between the health of men and women. And one of those major reasons is because guys just don't utilize health care the way they really should. Even us, you know, people that have been doing a podcast about caring about men's health and work in health care uh, sometimes don't go to the doctor when we probably should. So a lot of times on this show, what we try to do is not only bring our personal experiences, but we also try to bring in some academic research to get other perspectives as well. So there was a paper on reasons why guys don't visit the doctor more often. Mitch said it around to all of us. Uh, Dr. Smith, did you see that? I read that paper, so I kind of prepared, and, and I don't love that paper, by the way. I mean, they took a bunch of kids from like Weber State or Utah State yeah. that were like in their 20s and 30s, and I can tell you what I thought in my 20s and 30s. I'm freaking Superman, dude. I didn't I, like, but I mean, if I, I have, have an acre of pain. I'm going to be fine, dude. I thought I was 25 until I was 40. Right. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. Like the, the whole notion of this conversation is, is because of me. Like I, I should know better. I've been in healthcare for 10 years now. How long have we been doing this podcast talking about how guys need to take their health seriously? You need to go to the doctor when you have issues. Don't be the guy that the wife has to nag, go see the doctor. And you're like, I'm fine. And I still was that guy just weeks ago. I was that guy. Like, how stubborn is that? Well, then let's talk about it. I think that's a great one. I mean, it's like, dude, I can tell you right now, I didn't think I needed to go to the doctor. I mean, I still right. don't. And I I mean, now I think I'm like 27. So, <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. you know. Even though chronologically, that's a lie. <laughs> right. Yeah. 100%. I mean, until I go to the basketball courts and try to play basketball with these kids, I still think I'm 27. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you still avoid the doctor? Yes. You're a doctor and you avoid the doctor. <laughs> yeah. I don't like going to the doctor. What, what is it that, what, what's your barrier? I don't have time, man. Are you kidding me? Oh. I'm trying to like, <laughs> like I run a practice five days a week and I have to legit take a half a day to a full day off to go yeah. visit somebody to do what? For them to tell me what? Like, well, you know, what you're you fat. Like, I already know that. Sure. Well, like, what, if you were, what if you were sick? Like, what if you, you, you had some sort of illness and you were like coughing pretty badly, sneezing, you know, just not feeling good. I mean, I'd have to feel real bad to go to the doctor. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you this. I busted up my wrist and it took me three weeks to go down to the urgent care that I work right above to get an x-ray. <laughs> Okay. At that point, is it urgent care? I mean, <laughs> it, was, it was not urgent. I, mean, I needed care, but it wasn't urgent. You know, I just wanted to make sure it wasn't broken, that if I was doing stuff that I wasn't really screwing myself over. Got it. Mm -hmm. Mitch, how about you? Are you still avoiding the doctor or do you, are you pretty good about it? I didn't think I was until recently. Yeah. There was, yeah, there was a, like, my yearly checkup came up and like, I rescheduled it. Because I just was like, I can't even this week. Like, not interested. What in was <laughs> why? What was your thing? Was it time or something else? <sighs> kind of stress levels. There was this part of my brain that was like, I'm going to go and they're going to find something. And that's going to be mm. a whole thing. That's going to be a whole thing. And I'd rather like not deal with a whole thing right now. Sure. Right. Makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> Mine happened over the holiday. I get this kind of biannual sick that I get where like the first couple of days I sneeze and then that goes away and I never feel bad. I never get a fever. 
and then it kind of moves into my throat, I guess, because I, I will cough a lot and, you know, it, it can be a non-productive cough and I'll start to lose my voice. So I've just gotten to the point where I'm just like, ah, oh, it's just the same as always. And this time, though, it lingered for three or four weeks. And finally, my wife's like, well, you go to the doctor and let's give me a couple more days. And if it doesn't turn the corner, I will, because it's just the same old thing. And sure. during this period, I'm talking to other people like, uh, you know, I heard other people got sick. I'm like, well, tell me about your symptoms. What's going on with you? You know, and I was in one of the meetings where you did this, where it was <laughs> like you were trying, you were asking all the things you probably should have talked to a doctor about, but to our poor social media manager who yeah. was like, yeah, no, I, I, they said I was sick, you know, like, well, I mean, but her story was a little different because she went and like, did they, did they say she was sick? Did they actually, were they able to do something for her? They were like, hey, yeah, just fluids and whatever. It was not like a prescription or anything. So anyway, I ended up going to the doctor because it didn't get better. Um, You know, and I I tried to I tried to diagnose like I'm trying to like figure out if like, oh, is what do I have? What other people are complaining about? Because there's a lot of people complaining about like this three week, four week long thing. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I go into the doctor and um, they do their thing. And turns out I have walking pneumonia. (laughs) Oh, there's that. Right. I don't know. Is it, would that have been a big deal, Dr. Smith, had I not had treatment for that? I mean, would it just have gone on forever? Was it life threatening? Was it just going to be unpleasant? Do, do you know anything about walking pneumonia? Yeah, I mean, generally, it's a it's an atypical pathogen, meaning that it's not the typical one that gets you for pneumonia. And generally, they call it walking pneumonia for a reason, because you're still up and walking around. Right. And I so a lot of people probably have it and they never get checked for it. So they don't know they have it. So it's kind of that easy thing of like, did you have it or did you not have it? And if you don't get checked, it's kind of like the old, like, you know how you don't get COVID? You just don't get checked. <laughs> sure. right. You know, right. I mean, it, it's kind of that same thing. Like, yeah, you can feel like crap for like four or five weeks. Your body's probably going to get over it. The antibiotics that you're going to take for that four to five days are going to kick the bacteria, the bacterial load down and give your body a chance to get on top of it. Right. Mm. Yeah, and so like, th- that's the main thing. You you'd have been fine. You may have had lower oxygen saturations down in the low nineties rather than in the in the mid to high nineties, but it's not going to like impact your overall longevity of life. Okay, for somebody that's healthy, right? We're like if yeah. you're older, then that's a different story. If you're younger, that's a different story. I'd imagine, right? But older people tend to then have more respiratory issues where they look like they're huffing and puffing and trying to blow houses down. Okay. And then they end up going to the the emer- urgent care or emergency department. So like healthy people that have walking pneumonia, a lot of times can just walk around with it, right? That's hence the name. And and so people generally are going to get better. Now, did that cause permanent scarring damage to a part of your lung or something? I, I mean, show me the literature. Right. You so, know. I mean, for me, I guess what it is, is it's just like I was constantly coughing. It was this dry cough. Um, it was annoying to me. It was annoying to people. And, you know, I'm still sick, right? So I'm, I might be up walking around, still working. I don't have a fever, but, you know, it's exhausting. It's tiring. Um, going in for treatment, did that actually shorten the duration, do you think? Is I mean, generally, a- that's why you treat it is because right. you shorten the duration yeah, and yeah. you decrease the risk of like long-term complications like, you know, scarring the lungs, whatever. Got it. Got it. So here's kind of the dumb thing. So, so, you know, I find out I have this walking pneumonia, which by the way, you tell that to people, it freaks them out. They think you've got something major, but I'm like, I feel fine. But so here's the thing. I was struck by the notion, by a couple notions and it's just men's psychology. And hopefully this will help guys maybe, you know, make a better decision more quickly. Now, granted, there was no long-term damage or anything like that, but I I didn't feel great. I wasn't, it, it was, you know, kind of miserable. But if I was honest with myself, like when I went in, 
And they'd be like, well, are you short of breath? And I'd be like, no. And then I thought about it and I'm like, well, actually I was like when I go out and walk the dog, it was harder to breathe than normal. And I guess I just assumed that that was the clogging of the throat. Right. So like, I think I, by writing it off as the same old thing that I always get, I overlooked that symptom and I overlooked a couple of other symptoms as well. Cause I think it was convenient to my narrative. If that makes sense. Like yeah. if I was being honest with myself, yeah. I'd be like, man, this, this is kind of like the same old thing, but there's a couple things that are a little different about it. Yeah. So, um, why do we do that? <laughs> why, why is, like, why did I put off? First of all, why did I put it off so long? Well, I could tell you why I did it. I'm like, well, there's nothing they can do for me. It's probably just the same old thing I always get. It's a cold, right? Right. Um, and I think ultimately I went in because, and, and this was another interesting thing too. I try to control the narrative when I was telling the doctor the, the symptoms, like I was trying to control, oh, this is just the same old thing I get, you know, I get this and this, and here's what I want to do. I want to just try to figure out how I can, uh, you control were backseat these. doctoring. So I could, yeah, no, okay. so I can control these symptoms. And so my lesson learned there was just give them the symptoms, give them the facts, you know, yeah. don't, don't in, incorporate encapsulate into this narrative. Luckily, this individual was able to see through all that, you know, and didn't listen to me. <laughs> right. I mean, they listen to me. You get what I'm saying though, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. The, the BS comes in and you know, when people are BSing you, like, you know, when they've been on the Reddit forums trying to get testosterone, <laughs> right? like they come in there, man, I just, I've been at the gym. I haven't been able to make the gains I want to make. I just feel like I'm tired all the time. My wife says, you know, my libido is not what it used to be. And then like, you look at the wife and she's like, what are you talking about? Right. You know, I mean, they, you can you can smell the BS on a lot of that stuff when you know, like people are are trying to give you what they want to hear. And to a certain extent in our healthcare system, I mean, we allow that. Um, you know, when you go into the doctor, you can push a narrative to get what you want if you know what you're doing. And you're someone who's astute enough and smart enough to, to probably pull that off. Um, but it got in my way because like, right. it's just like all I want to do is just control these symptoms and I had already basically was trying to tell this healthcare professional, this is just the same old thing. The, the, you know, there's no need to look at me. Like, why did I do that? That just seemed dumb. Well, I mean, despite your best, like, despite knowing that, like, that person went to school to learn this, I mean, <laughs> don't you feel like you're the, one of the smartest guys in the room when you go somewhere? Well, th- th- about, I mean, just be honest. <laughs> not necessarily, but about, like, me and my body, I think maybe that was part of it. Like, I've lived this life. I've gotten this before. Sure. Yeah. You well, know, and that's so what I mean. I'm, like, you're drawing like, on past experience where you're like, I know what this is. Yeah. I've done this before. And then you've got this, you know this doctor who's like, maybe we should check this out. It might be something more serious. You're like, dude, trust me. Like this is twice a year. I lose my voice. My voice comes back in two weeks. This is just a little bit longer. Maybe I was, you know, staying up a little later. It was the holidays. My family was in town. Like you're making excuses (laughs) up, right? Uh And you're like, I'm fine. So of course you're going to control the narrative, man. So one lesson learned from this experience is just tell the symptoms, right? Just tell the symptoms. And if they need to ask some background information, that's fine. But like well, I, I was, I was just really disgusted with myself that I couldn't just, you know, cause I want to get better. I want it to be something. So I'm not right. Actually, I don't necessarily want it to be something, but like, I, it was just, it was just strange, my behavior. So, I mean, luckily for me, it was something that wasn't major. It was walking pneumonia. That's not going to have any long-term effects, but like, what if it is something that's more serious and you're still trying to do that, you know, instead of utilizing the expertise of that individual. I mean, well, I see that stuff all the time though. Like in my clinic, these guys come in that are in their like 60s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. And oftentimes they're with their spouse and they're like, you know, they've just had a catheter put in or whatever. 
and, and they come in and they're like, yeah, I didn't have any problems urinating before, before this catheter got put in. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, you sure? Yeah. Like your flow wasn't any slower. Like you didn't, you felt like you were emptying good. You're not waking up at night. Like all the symptoms that like would tell me that they have a problem. He's like, yeah, I wake up at night once in a while. And every time their spouse just looks at him like, this dude's just high as a kite. Okay. And what, what is it? What are we, are we just not paying attention? Well, I are think we, we like just it? don't take things seriously. I think yeah. that like you also, I think the education level of most people is like, how, how, uh, how serious should I take this? Like, yeah. And, and if you ask all your buddies, like you go golfing and you're like, Hey Bob, do you, do you pee more than you used to? He's like, yeah. And so you just think, Oh, it's just because me and Bob are old. Right. You know? Right. And so I think some of that is, is like we play on each other and we also, no one likes to be told what to do. Number one, no one likes to be wrong. Number two. Right. And, and we all know our body better than, better than the guy that, that we're going to see. Right. Cause I've lived with this body for 43 years. You've with, you lived with your body for 29 years, uh, you know? <laughs> and, and so you, you've got this like pre presupposition of like, Hey dude, I, I kind of know my body better than you, dude. This is kind of my body. I don't know if you know this. And so right. I think that that plays a role plus guys in general. I mean, like, they don't like taking time to go to the doctor. Doctors are annoying. Let's get serious for a minute. I mean, there, there's a lot sure. there that I can totally see these people going, that's ah, not that bad. Yeah. You know? And the other thing is, is that's the other thing that gets you. Yeah. It's not that bad. How right. many times you bought something at a restaurant and you're like, yeah, it's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> sure. You know, I mean, and we just, we kind of just settle for that kind of stuff. Right. So in some instances, that's probably not the best play, huh? <laughs> no, I, I think in, in most instances, it's not a good play. Yeah, yeah. You know, if, if you get that steak and you're like, ah, it's not that bad. It, when you could have had a, a steak that was cooked correctly and you would have really enjoyed your meal. I mean, think, think of it from a, a terms of another, another avenue where you wouldn't put up with that, right? Like you go get your, your tires rotated and your car you know, shakes a little bit. You're like, ah, it's not that bad. Right. right. You know, you're not going to put up with that. You're going to go back and be like, hey, Tommy. My car yeah. shakes when I drive it. You didn't, you didn't do this right. Go do right. it right, yeah. right? And so we don't do that to ourselves because we're never wrong. I also wonder how much of it is because I, I know myself, like I've also run into the like not wanting to bother the doctor, right? If this turns out to be nothing, like man, oh man, like I've wasted their time. And number two, almost like a DIY approach to my health on occasion, yeah. Yeah. right? Where it's like, is completely ruined medicine. A hundred percent. Right. Cause I like in the past, I've been someone, I stub my toe all the time. I'm, I don't have a lot of body awareness, but I've, I've broken multiple toes, multiple, multiple times. And it's gotten to the point where it's just like, eh, I know how to fix this. I'll like tape it to the next one. I've listened to pieces. We've recorded pieces with ER docs about, you know, what they would do in the ER when maybe there are some things that happen that maybe I shouldn't be trying to take care of myself. <laughs> well, and even in medicine, I mean, you see doctors that sometimes will like, Oh, I just prescribe myself an antibiotic. Cause I, I feel okay. Which like, I have a rule, like I don't treat myself. Like if I, if I need something, I'm going to just go and get it, uh, get care. Right. But I also made that determination when I was a really young doctor in, in medical school, because I had some, some folks who I worked with that were like, Hey, let me give you a piece of advice. You know, these were people that were mentors that I looked up to and they're like, never treat yourself because you're always going to kind of look at it from your skewed perspective. Um, and I'm not the pessimist. So like, I'm always going to look at it like, ah, it's not that bad. Right. Which most people probably do. I think that's probably, this would probably be a great time to end this podcast <laughs> right there. That story, <laughs> that, that notion that even doctors cannot 
look at themselves and symptoms that they have honestly and diagnose themselves. You really need to have that external point of view sometimes. And I think Mitch, maybe even what I was doing by saying, saying all that is, as I was trying to make it that I wasn't bothering the doctor, right? Like, Hey, I know that this is the normal thing I got. I know there's nothing we can do about it, but I'm just looking for the best way to control these symptoms. Yeah. That that was my ask. Right. Right. And, and I think maybe, maybe that's what I was trying to do was just to say, Hey, I'm here for a purpose. Well, you're not wasting the doctor's time. I mean, I I mean, my thing is, is, Again, I know that, right? Yeah. Come on. Well, but I mean, we we still feel that, like you know, and and there is that like press of like, oh, I, uh, doctors are busy, blah 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 blah. But the other thing you got to think about too is, like, when you go somewhere, you paid for that movie ticket, and you're not going to let the guy in front of you ruin the movie for you, right? I mean, you paid your money to be there. You're like, you might as well get your money's worth out of that copay. Um, and I joke with patients all the time. I always say, hey, is there any other th- anything else you got? Cause we got to get your copays worth, you know, because at the end of the day, like, you know, like those are things where like, you know, sometimes we do get into issues of things that, you know, may be a bother to them that we probably wouldn't have got to otherwise. And, and you've got to realize like going in, like, Hey man, I'm paying this copay. Let me get my money's worth out of it rather than being a burden on the doctor. And I feel like a lot of patients do feel that way. Like oh, I'm probably a burden on this doctor. And it's like, you know, like bring it up. Like, that's what I'm here for, you know, and, and some doctors might have less time than others or whatever. And so, you know, but at the end of the day, like, that's the whole reason you're paying them. You're paying them for their expertise. Like, you know, you don't tile your own floor in your house because you're going to pay somebody else that has the expertise to do that. You could probably DIY that too. When there's a specialist out there that can, yeah. And that guy could have done it in half the time right. mm-hmm. or a third of the time. And it would have looked way better. And you would have spent, I mean, if you look at your time as money, you would have been better off. Yeah. Yeah. So the learning experiences from this, this whole thing for me was one, like just go. If, if, I mean, this thing went on for four weeks, I was coughing. That was probably enough. Wouldn't you say? So I, you know, I just finally, and I'm like you, um, Dr. Smith, I just did the time, even though I just, I was sick. I just didn't want to go. I didn't want to sit in a waiting room. Um, you know, they did the x-ray. They found out that I did have something that wasn't the normal. Thing and they were able to give me some medication that hopefully shortened the duration of that. Although it did kind of linger for a long time after that, even still trying to deal with the cough, believe it or not. Well, some of those things linger for a long time. Yeah. Um, the second thing is just the, the dishonesty with myself, me, me just yeah. default going to this narrative that this is the same old thing without actually even really considering other evidence that was right there in front of me until I was confronted on it and asked about it. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? I have been short of breath lately. Yeah, I guess my chest has been tighter than what it normally is with this particular thing, right? It was just bizarre to me how blinded I could be by that. And, you know, me, it was just walking pneumonia. For somebody else, it might be a cold. But for other people, it could be more serious symptoms. Yeah. And then my my need to go in and control the narrative and my need to, you know, tell a story as opposed to just saying, hey, here's here's what I'm experiencing right now. What do you think? I think that's human nature, though. I mean, I don't yeah. know what you guys think, but I think like, you know, when you go in, I mean, you never want to you never want to show weakness. You know, you never want to show the uh, like, ah, it's fine. And, and in reality, you want to go and control that narrative because it's your body and you feel like you do want to have that opportunity to control it. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I would probably do the same thing knowing, you know, how I, how I operate is, you know, I would obviously want to make sure that they knew that like, Hey, I'm not an idiot. Yeah. I think there's some ego involved for me too. 
So uh, like what, what, what do you like for a patient as far as how they explain what their situation is? What is the most useful for you to, to help them? Is it just to simply say, hey, doc, here are my symptoms. I've been uh, urinating more frequently at night. Da, 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 da. Just give them the facts. Is that what you're looking for? I mean, what are you looking for? How could somebody, you know, give that information to you in the best way? Yeah, I think that that works. And obviously everybody's different. I mean, some people uh, are more apt to be open to just show up at your office and be like, hey, you know, uh, you know, my urination is not as what it used to be or my, you know, erections are terrible or whatever it is that they're, they're there for. Um, you know, I see a lot of that, but I think just being open to having the conversation because we've been trained as doctors to ask the right questions for that thing. So like if you come in and you're having difficulty urination, I'm going to ask you those questions. Hey, you know, Scott, you know, have you noticed your flow is slower than it used to be? Have you noticed that you go to the bathroom more frequently during the day? Sure. Are you waking up more at night? Are you noticing that you have more urgency or a need to get there quicker? You know, kind of those things. And so like, we'll guide you down that path. We just need you to be honest with us in that narrative of, you know, you can control the narrative. I don't even care. You can come to my office. As long as you have some honesty, you can have your narrative. I don't care. Like, I just want to know you can get so that I can that. help you, right? As a doctor, you can get through that. You can understand the difference. Right. Yeah. You know, the other thing that I do too is like, I was, I think, trying to diagnose myself. Oh, like, yeah. Like, I'm taking my symptoms and not only am I just presenting, I'm not even really presenting just that information. I kind of am, but I'm also then telling them what I think it means. Yeah, I sometimes worry. Like, why am I doing that? I'm not. <laughs> where's that gotten me so far? I don't know about you, Scott, but I sometimes worry that because I do work in healthcare communication and because I do talk to doctors all the time, there's a part of me that assumes I know better than some people, right? Like, I know enough. what's going yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think we all do that. I might say, you know, I'm coughing, but I think what that has to do with is I think it's this, this, and this. Well, no, you don't know that, Scott. That's why you're here. <laughs> well, I think the advent of all the technology that we have at our fingertips, too. I mean, you can you can go find a medical journal of an oh, article yeah. that came out in 2024 that I've never seen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't mean that to be like, oh, doctors don't stay up on things, but They're the so amount much. of stuff that's coming out and being published, um, you know, for better or for worse, is there. And patients... I mean, I think it's great that people are interested in their health and they want to look these things up and have those conversations. But that also leads to a double-edged sword of some of those people will bring that information to your office and be like, hey, did you see this article in JAMA uh, of the February issue where it talked about X, Y, or Z? And you're like, uh, I haven't read that yet. It just came out on Thursday, but I'm glad you read it already. Um, you know, and so it is great in that aspect, but then you have the other side of the coin where people go, Oh, I read this article. I know what to do. Right. And that article is such a small little component of yeah. the bigger picture. Right. Right. And that can be dangerous because you have this little bit of information, but you don't have the context. You don't know how it fits into the bigger scope of information. That's where that healthcare provider can actually help you with that. So. Right. And that's where we look at comprehensively looking at things that hopefully we're, you know, we're, we're looking and putting the picture together for you. But I think that's one of the dangerous sides that we see with all that. Um, but at the same time, I think that uh, those are good and bad things depending on how they're utilized by by the patients. So what is the point of this particular episode, Mitch? <laughs> For a listener. <laughs> I mean, I, I'd like to think, we, you know, I'm introduced as the convert and I do take my health a lot more seriously than I did before. You know, I thought I was 29 until I started this podcast, right? But the idea that even 
just the idea that every all guys in one way or another, I mean, I think all people, period, will still have these kinds of hangups about seeing a doctor, going to a doctor, um, finding out, you know, is there their discomfort, their condition, their symptoms, something actually worth going and getting treated. And right. Just, having a conversation with yeah. them, how we how we do that. You know? Yes. And and just this idea that, you know, hey, you, I, I love some of Dr. Smith's like uh, analogies, like you'll if your car's shaken, like if your steering is a little out of whack, you're going to take it into the shop. Right. If your body is a little out of the whack, why don't we do that same approach? Yeah, because it's just important, if not more important. Yeah. Well, hopefully maybe you've witnessed some of your own weak spots. Um, <laughs> maybe you've been putting off getting care for a particular reason and you're telling yourself a narrative or you just you're like, I just don't have time to do this or whatever the reason. Um, maybe this will help you recognize that little weak spot that you have uh, and help you get over that. So, you know, you can see care. I think we had another doctor who was a mental health professional, but it was just like, it doesn't have to be this hard. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, if sure. If it's hard, why, why does it have to be hard? It doesn't have to be hard. Any final thoughts, Dr. Smith? No, I think this is great. I think the biggest thing I would say is just, you know, it, sometimes it does take a little bit of uh swallowing your, your pride or your, your knowledge and, and ability. And I would personally, I would never, despaired somebody for taking an active role in their health. I think it's awesome. But I think sometimes saying, Hey, let me just check in, make sure that I'm on the right, the right page. Cause this person got a mortgage on their brain to figure this stuff out. And so I might as well get some insight and it's only going to cost me 20 or 40 bucks for this copay to yeah. really go in and ask my questions and asking those questions, you're going to get the answers that are going to benefit you long-term. Uh, and I think, you know, it may require you to go back for a couple of visits to really get to the bottom of some of these things possibly. But again, you know, you, you take your car into the mechanic because he's an expert in that field, you know, right. to play on that old analogy. But, you know, I mean, most of us don't change our own oil. Most of us don't, you know, balance our own tires, all those things that we do that we're mm -hmm. fine paying somebody for. But when it comes to our health, we're like, yeah, you know what, dude, I got Google. I got the cell phone. I pay. All, right. I got unlimited data. I'm just going to go <laughs> ahead and look this up and then hopefully it works out. Right. You know, when you, you know, you go spend $150 to get your oil changed in your car, but you won't spend $40 to go and get the information that you, you can get about your health, which right. is, you know, really important. Or try to save your marriage because you've been coughing for 40 days straight. <laughs> right. Because, because your wife hasn't slept in a month and a half and she yeah, hates right. you now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. they, spouses don't enjoy that. No, <laughs> I don't blame them. They shouldn't. All right. Well, thank you very much for letting us have this conversation with you, Dr. Smith. We sure appreciate you having on the show. And um, do you have any insights of your health? Do you have any similar stories that you'd like to share with us? We would like to hear from you. You can email us hello at thescoperadio.com. Hello at thescoperadio.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for caring about men's health.